Hey, hey, it's Andy Yanez, and you're listening to another episode of Pod Slam a Jamma presented by Cloud City Control Room. On this episode, we'll talk about University of Houston linebacker Donovan Mutant and really how he's grown into that leadership role. We'll talk more specifics about the University of Houston defense as a whole. They are a motivated bunch looking to be better than they were a season ago. And also, in our last segment, we're going to talk about the women's basketball team, Coach Ron Huey, their non-conference schedule, off-season workouts, and their upcoming goals for this upcoming season. After the penalty, look at the time he has, and look at the throw and catch. Tandell touchdown Cougars. First half, there's Blair with the steal, picked up by Cam Jones. On the offensive glass, so tough. And that's third game, two possessions. Sasser tries and he hits. Tune has the receiver open. Touchdown, Herslow. They call him five slamma down. So as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Dayon Dunlap. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. Last episode before we have games every week, man. I'm excited. It's a great time. Yeah, we are on the eve of week zero in college football. Obviously, of course, um, we're recording this on August 26th, Friday. Um, so we're, we are eight days until you Houston and UTSA kick off the season. Um, by the time people are listening to this, it'll probably be seven days, um, one week exactly until Houston kicks off against the Roadrunner. So that's exciting times. And Day, Dana Hogerson is going to kick things off with his availability um, this upcoming Monday. So like you said, it's that time of the season. There's going to be content 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 games to break down games to discuss and it's honestly my favorite time of the year once fall rolls around and the weather starts getting a little bit colder because you know it's football season first and it's basketball season and you just have a whole bunch of sports to discuss uh but we'll get right into it on this episode like you mentioned in the cold open uh we're going to be uh having a really defense-centered uh podcast we have a lot of clips from availability the final rounds of training camp availability that came out from uh players and coaches this past week and uh we'll start with donovan mutant who obviously of course it's a name that we've mentioned throughout a previous podcast just in terms of what he means for this uh defense um there was a quote uh, that that really caught the attention of a lot um of local reporters and that's when he was called the peyton manning of the uh defense um a while back ago and and really this past week there was a lot of talk um the donovan mutant got to speak with reporters where he himself got to just take a step back and talk about how he kind of grew into that leadership role something that um this might be surprising but he said that uh mutant was wasn't always as the vocal leader that he is now he was much more of an introvert much more reserved um so check out what he had to say and really how he kind of transitioned from um, not being as vocal to now being the Peyton Manning of the UH defense. My whole life I've been introverted. I'm very shy. I don't have a lot of friends. I've always been very quiet. Like outside of football, I don't really, I don't, it's hard for me to be around people and speak to people and be interactive. Like it's just not natural for me. Um, but my whole life, I never played football when I was in New Orleans. We just had it. We didn't had the money for it. So I started playing football when I moved out here in seventh and eighth grade. And I was on C team. I was really bad. I my first time playing ball. 
Um, as I got in high school and I started working out and training and everything, I would see things going on in the workout. I would see things going on in practice that I wanted to say, but I didn't have the confidence to stand and say it because I didn't feel like my words carried any value because I was the dude who just started playing ball. They've been playing their whole life. They're better than me. I'm behind them. What can I say that's going to lead them? But I started just people, people gravitate to me. I make relationships and they're usually pretty genuine. And um, as that happens, I would say something and it would stick and it would go. And I always felt inside of me that that was something that I could do. And I always felt like I was standing for something. My friends would want to go do this. I wanted to go do something else. I always felt different in that regard. Football kind of just gave me an avenue to really stand on what I believe in and really push for something that many people know what to do. But a lot of it's hard. The, the hardest things in life to do are the things that you know you should do. You know what I mean? That Those are the hardest things to do and stick to. Um, and these are the things that naturally I just see. And, oh, man, we, we, we can do this a little better. Hand placement can be this. Steps can be that. We got to get off the field, but we got to speak to each other in a more positive way and more edifying. Like, just different things like that I think of naturally. And so when it comes to football, man, my coaches gave me that. Coach Drew Sabota, he's at Alabama right now. Special teams coordinator. He was my high school head coach. I love him like like, like a dad, man. Michael Traubman, you know, Steve Powers, you feel me? Uh, Adrian Mitchell, you know. Lonnie Madison played DN at AM. He's at College Park High School right here in the Woodlands. These men told me, like, we understand what you're doing. We see how you work every day. Don't be ashamed to stand up and do that, man. You have it in you and it's natural. Go speak and go tell them, and I bet you they'll get behind you. So they gave me that confidence. And then as I got through, I realized that this is who the Lord made me to be. And I've been this person my whole life. So I, I just got to continue to do what's natural. So it's not nothing I ever got to turn on. It's just they, I had to learn the confidence and get there from great leaders that led me. Donovan Mutant with uh, a fountain of wisdom. Uh, I, the quote that stuck to me was, the hardest things to do are what you know you have to do. Uh, Dayan, I'm going to start right off the top. Uh, was there anything that, that caught your eye? And really, um, obviously, we know the on-the-field production from Donovan Mutant, um, what he brings to the table for the Cougars in that regard. But uh, something that you don't necessarily, as fans and us from the outside, we don't necessarily get to see day in and day out is that leadership. We talk about it all the time, but there's not necessarily always a chance to see and I think in that clip right there, you really get to see how Donovan Mutant really is a leader and, and can rally the, the defense around them. What say you? Yeah, whenever he speaks, you can hear the maturity. You can hear the passion. You can hear that he really cares. And um, throughout the entire cell, he talked about confidence, having a confidence to lead, having a confidence to speak. And, and once he got there and kind of found himself, it seems like not only did it turn him into a great leader, a great football player as well. And so, uh, I mean, you, you could just – well, it seems to me that, um, like he said, it's not nothing that he has to turn on. He's not trying. It's just a, a natural fit. And, and he's a really good football player. He's all over the field. And, and when you can really ball, like he can ball at the team in tackles last year, and then your name – um, the, the way that you lead carries weight. But like you said, um, that comment, the hardest things to do are the things that you you know you should do. Um, that, that That's very telling, and, and especially in the world of sports. I mean, players know that they should put extra work in. They know they should do this. They know they should do that. But when you got a leader who can ball like he can ball and he's going an extra mile leading by example as well as vocally like he like he just talked, man, it's a great day. And every time he speaks, I mean, he he always drops gems. He's very much for it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be a coach one day. For sure. And I think that that's the important thing when we talk about 
uh, leaders. I know we've focused on Clayton Toon on the offensive side of the ball, just in terms of that quarterback position. Uh, Donovan Mutant, he, the linebacker has often been compared. Um, when you look at the football position, the linebacker is kind of the quarterback of the defense where they're in charge of being able to tell all the other positions, especially up front, um, where they need to be in the gaps. And really, um, when it comes to defensive audibles on the field, obviously it's a lot more different in college football where um, that oftentimes maybe the coaches are the ones that are kind of in charge of all that. But that's an important position when it comes to a communication standpoint. And just going back to that Peyton Manning quote is something that um, his linebackers coach, Archie Manning, or not Archie Manning, Archie McDaniel, um, raved about during the uh, availability where he said that that quote was right on the money um, in terms of describing Donovan Mutant as that leader. Now, obviously, of course, Donovan Mutant, he's going to be one of the seniors um, on this team for the 2022 season. And it's going to be crucial, obviously, of course, from an on-field production standpoint. But that's kind of the intangibles where it, it it's not going to come out in a stat sheet, but it it's certainly comes with players that they either have it or they don't. And it, it went, what stood out to me hearing Mutant talk was where he would go back and he would reference times when he got advice and he got – uh, you know, he talked about coaches that really helped him provide guidance to to encourage him to be that vocal leader. I think that that's really something that you don't necessarily hear often where you can you can it kind of goes back and it sticks out that he's not only a, a type of player that can listen and and take that feedback, but be able to process it and use it to help him in the long run. Yeah, for sure. And another thing that Archie, his linebacker coach, talked about was his intelligence. And that's another thing that he mentioned why the Peyton Manning of the defense was so fitting for Donovan because his intelligence, his command of the defense, and just his generalship. I mean, you could tell right there, he sounds like a general, sounds like a leader, can galvanize and guys can, can get they can get behind him because they know he's going to be there. And um, I, mean, I mean, it's great to have a player like that on the defense. And like you said, especially at the NFL level, they call the defense. They like the quarterback, have the mics in their helmet, and they tell the defense their entire play. It's not so much in college football where you might have secondary coaches motion into the secondary their plays, but he calls the linemen from um, the front seven or the front eight with the linebackers and the defensive linemen. So um, they got a great leader on the defensive end for sure in Donovan Mutant. And you know, we heard Donovan Newton from his perspective kind of talk about how he uh, was kind of his rise into that uh, more vocal, more of a leader, um, not only for, for the Cougars, but just in general, um, how he was able to adapt and, and really embrace that role. Um, we mentioned McDaniel. Here's what he had to say uh, from his perspective of Donovan Newton, obviously. Being a linebackers coach, he gets to see a lot of Newton uh, up close and personal day in and day out. So when my first interaction with Donnie, you know, from the very first time we met, I knew he was going to be extremely unique in a very good way. You know, there's there's not much that Donnie misses. You know, he sees everything, you know, and when you go to him and you say, this is the direction we want to go or this is how we're going to do things, he takes that very, very seriously. You know, and, and he upholds his teammates to the same standard. So you don't you don't find that very often, especially to the extent at which he goes. Donnie is constantly always talking, communicating, trying to coach his teammates, you know. And then on top of that, he's, you know, a lot of times guys like that feel like they have all the answers. That's not him. On top of that, he's still very much so a sponge, you know. So he's trying to learn every day and, and he just wants – 
the best for the University of Houston in this program. And so that's that's what he does every single day. And it's been it's been really fun to watch. So when you see him respond that way, and I guess it doesn't surprise you how it translates on the field. You know, the guys around every play, and he was your leading tackler. You see how the guys respect him, you know, all that sort of, you know, he can almost run for the president of the of the of the team, so to speak. The yeah. way the way he commands a room or you know, field. The way Donnie leads and in conversations him and I have had, the way he leads and the way he does it and and it's so consistent for a lot of guys would be very tiring, you know, because when you're in that role and when you're and when you're a leader, you know, there's a lot of things that you just can't do. You know, there's there's a certain way you have to have to be when you are in the building and when you're out of the building. And again, Donnie does not miss one thing, you know, whether on the field or off. You know, and 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 he's kind of he's taking a lot of pride in in that and being the guy that kind of makes things or makes sure things are in order. So uh, a couple of things from that clip, and obviously from the on the field standpoint, just uh, that was the voice of Joseph Dorter of the Houston Chronicle that you heard uh, talking about how he was the leading tackler uh, for the Cougars a season ago, and he led him by a wide margin, finished with 77 total tackles. That was 14 more than second place of Deontay Anderson and Demarion Williams, who were tied for second most tackles. So uh, obviously from an on the field standpoint, he'll he'll stand out when it comes to plays. But I think right there that that final uh, soundbite where we heard McDaniel. And you'll talk about Donovan Mutant. He's not a player that um, a lot of things will get past him. And and he's, you know, the type of player that uh, when he does see a mistake, going back to what we heard him uh, describe, he'll make sure that that he'll call it out. And it's not often, whether it's him or it's one of his teammates, that's some a player, a player, just anyone in general when it comes to life. That's Those are the type of people you want to be around that'll push for everyone around them to be better. Yeah, those people like to bring the best out of you. Um, seems like just they have the positive energy, a, a positive effect, and not only on the field but off the field. And, and like Coach just mentioned, when you lead like that, you have to lead 24-7. It matters what you do on the field but also off the field because your teammates are going to be watching you all the time. And then he talked about not that allowing anything to get past him, which goes into um, his intelligence, his football IQ, and he just grabs of the game. And then he talked about – Donovan's um, just love for Houston, one the best for the university, and another sound bite that well, we won't play. But Donovan was asked a question about is this the most motivated that he's been, and he didn't say yes, but he said um, the way he framed it was this is the most um, as far as the team as um, as focused they've been to to every single detail. And I think for me on the outside looking in, that tells me that this is the first time in a while that they know and they believe that they can win every single game. It's a difference coming into a season where you know you might not be as good, you know, hey, on a week-to-week basis, you might win this game, you might win that game versus when you have confidence, you know, every single week we expect to win and we should win this game. And you look at the success they had this season, I think that transfers over not only to the focus of Donovan and his leadership throughout the whole football team. And that's the perfect segue right there. We're transitioning from talking about Donovan Mutant to uh, more broadly the defense as a whole um, in terms of their expectations for the 2022 season. Obviously, we know how good of a season they were able to put together in 2021. Their goal is to be even better. We'll talk more about it on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Pod Slime Jamma presented by Clutch City Control. 
continuing on here on Pod Slamma Jamma, here in our next segment, we're still talking football, still talking defense. We got a, a clip from DeAnthony Jones talking about the goals of the entire defense here in this upcoming season. Yeah, so like he said, it, it was about 12 plays that 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 really uh, took us from, you know, winning a conference championship and losing a conference championship. Um, just like like I said, you know, everyone is locked in, you know what I'm saying? There's no MAs. Um, everyone is just locked in, you know what I'm saying? We, we we had this last year, you know, like you said, the couple plays cost us, but, you know, we're, we're at a point where it's like we, we have to get everything done, you know what I'm saying? And it's just – any little thing, we're on it, you know, from running off the field, you know, playing your gap. If you mess up in a walkthrough, run it back again, you know what I'm saying? Donovan is very good with that. He's a great leader, you know what I'm saying? We 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 go through him, Derek Parrish, and we translate onto the field, whether it's walkthrough, team tempo, uh, whatever we're doing, you know what I'm saying? So it's just all around. Not any single detail they're going to let slip away. Um, before I, I toss it over to you, Dayon, uh, I want to read some key stats from the University of Houston defense in 2021. Obviously, this is something that we've heard uh, a couple of the players reference to where they were sixth in the country when it came to t- total defense. That means uh, the fewest yards allowed in college football. They were sixth. Um, they were actually first when it came to holding off opponents from converting on third down, sixth in first down defense, and they were 11th in the country in sacks. Obviously, of course, that's uh, big in terms of Sack Avenue. We were able to see that uh, up close and personal. But obviously, we're, we're going to talk. We're going to show additional clips where uh, the players, uh, they mentioned a little bit of the additions that they lost a season ago. Obviously, we've touched on it from uh, whether it be up front on the defensive line when it comes to guys like Logan Hall or even in the secondary, obviously, of course, with Marcus Jones and Demarion Williams. Um, one of the I can't remember the specific soundbite, but essentially what uh, that player said was the standard is the standard regardless of, you know, who's in there. Um, and they talk about how they're kind of trying to keep that standard high and continue to push it high, even when it comes to um, the key players that they've lost, this next man up mentality. And obviously, of course, with this defense, um, the goal is get, they're going to try to be top five they're going to try to push to beat top number one in the country and um you mentioned it where um in that clip their goal to obviously as a team is to get to the american athletic conference championship and win it um something they weren't able to do a season ago and they go back and they you know they mentioned a place here whether it was in the texas tech game where the second half they were able to put up 31 points or even in that cincinnati game a couple of plays that uh, Desmond Ritter and that offense were able to get uh, on that defense. That's something that it, it kind of seems like it's bothered them throughout the offseason, and that's something that they're trying to uh, polish up. For sure. And like you just mentioned, they're paying attention to every single detail, and that translates on the football field, paying attention to the details as far as technique. And with success comes expectation. They had success last year defensively, and you just mentioned the numbers. Now they expect to exceed those numbers and be even better into elite categories, in which I think they can do. I think the sack term. The sack numbers can go up. I think they were really, really good on third down, like you just mentioned. And so this all around, I think with the focus that they have and the taste that they ended the season on, and specifically in the American Athletic Conference game, I think um, it's just driving them to pay attention and not let one drive, one um, quarter, one – um, moment um, go by without them being fully, fully locked in. And that goes back into the last point. Um, like I mentioned down in the view, said this team is really focused and they really know what they're capable of.
Yeah, Donovan Mutant said that they're going into games with the expectation, you know, they're trying to goose egg everybody. They're not trying to give up a single point. Uh, and they actually accomplished it uh, last season against Grambling. Uh, they came really close a few times against Tulane and Temple and um, against Rice. So uh, they, that it, whenever you hear that from the defense, obviously, of course, um, individual players, I'll say that often all the goal is not to be able to – build points but when you hear these uh players talk about it i mean they they mean it when they're saying it that's cool they're not trying to give up a single inch any yard they're going to be fighting for it so it's going to be exciting to see um and going back to, again to what we said throughout all of training camp where it honestly kind of starts with doug belk and kind of that culture that he has been able to establish among the defense because it's it's not necessarily a group of players that are saying it's top to bottom all over the defense they're saying that their goal was to be you know forget about last season it was a great what they were able to accomplish but this is a new year uh, it means nothing heading into 2022 and they're trying to be better than they were a season ago you're right and it, and it all starts with Doug Belk like you just mentioned setting the standard setting the expectation to be great and, and not only that um he's held himself to a high standard another clip that we want to play but Archie the linebackers coach talked about was how Doug Belk is a coach that make sure all the coaches around him are getting better. Talked about how smart he is as a football coach and how he studies, how he prepares, how he relates to people, how he gets the best out of people, not only his players, but all the way down to his coaches. And I think when you got that leadership at the top, it's just a trick of that on the entire football team, specifically the defense. I think this defense is really, really love moniker that they have. I think they're still hungry because Houston is still not entering the conversations um, where they would like to be mentioned in the upper echelon of football. They get mentioned to be good and, and expected to have a good season, but they want to move up, especially going into the, the, the Big 12 they want to make their name ring bells. Anytime you think Houston football, they want it to be just like the basketball. And that's what Clayton Toon talked about last week yeah. as well. The basketball team had success. We want to reach that level of success and not have any drop off. And so I think they're really motivated. And the season is underway, man. I'm pumped. I, I can't wait to till they play UTSA. And so they can get out there, get that dub, and then just pick up where they left mm -hmm. off. Yeah, uh, the final clip we'll, we'll touch on when it comes to the UH defense is actually on McDaniel touching on that that standard that they have set uh, for the defense. It doesn't matter who's in the game, uh, whoever's in it, it's expected to uphold that standard. <laughs> it's been really fun to watch. Uh, you know, when you look at the foundation Coach Belk has laid, you know, when he took over the leadership of the defense and then and even more impressive when where you look at how our kids have taken it and ran with it from holding each other accountable, from just adjusting to things on the fly. One thing about if you're a new player entering this program, you feel it and you learn really, really quickly what the standard is, you know, and so it doesn't take guys very long to fall in line on and how we do things and all that's player driven. You know, all of that is player driven. So our kids are competitive. They're hungry. They get after each other every single day. And then when the whistle is over and practice is over, they love each other like you've never seen. You know, so it's, it's been really fun to watch and been really impressive. That right there. Um, first, a couple of things, obviously, of course, uh, kind of just reiterating that point where it, it kind of all starts with Doug Belk. And, and one of the things that McDaniel said during that availability where he spoke to reporters is that Doug Belk, he still, it doesn't matter uh, the contract extension that he got, um, kind of beginning to get that recognition nationally, uh, something that I believe we might have mentioned in, in one of the 
the dual podcast we did with the Scott and Holman guys, where um, he started to get national re- recognition during the national, uh, the ESPN broadcast a year ago, where um, obviously, of course, the defense was doing his thing and they would give praise to Doug Belk. Uh, that doesn't matter to him. He's still um, the way McDaniel phrased it or how he said it is uh, Doug Belk is still focused on being able to get the best out of his players and he also wants the recognition to go to the players themselves and also to the coach instead of help. It's not necessarily a a me thing. It's all about um, the overall team. And obviously, of course, from that clip from McDaniel here uh, where it doesn't matter um, whether any player that's on the the field, it's going to be the same standard. And it goes back to that competition where players are trying to push each other at the end of the day, whether the, Player A uh, gets the starting spot or whatnot. Once practice is over, they're a family, they're camaraderie. But during the practice, while the the time's ticking, they're competing their their butts off to try to be able to make a name for themselves, but also being able to uphold that standard. And that goes back to the culture. It goes back to the culture. You got a selfless coach like Doug Belk who knows what he's talking about and he's leading the way he's leading and not looking to point the finger at himself. Just, I think there's just a trickle-down effect all the way down to the players, like I just said. I hate to kind of repeat myself, but but it really is true. And um, Doug Belk, man, I don't know him personally. Um, I met him a couple times. I actually interviewed him, wrote him. But from the outside looking in, it seems to me, I know he had offers to be a head coach. I'm sure he's going to get even more after this season. But it seems to me that he has pride in rebuilding his defense and having pride and, and being the one to get this defense to prominence and getting the UH football back to prominence. I think it's nothing like building a program in which, um, specifically on the defensive side, I know Coach Dana Hoverson is the head coach. He gives praise to Coach Dana Hoverson as well. But specifically on the defensive side, to build a program to a certain level and then see it excel, seems like he has pride in that. For sure. And any final uh, notes when it comes to the UH defense, I think uh, kind of reiterating the statement that you said earlier, it's, it's exciting. It, you can't wait until September through when they officially kick off against UTSA. And it's going to be a, an exciting game just in terms of, obviously, of course, with the Roadrunners were able to put together on the field in 2021. They had a very good, strong season a year ago, and they have uh, their quarterback returning. So it's going to be exciting to see what this defense is able to do against a uh, uh, experienced offense when it comes to their quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see just obviously, of course, first game of the season. Everyone's going to be exciting, uh, excited. Everything's going to be kind of, oh, we've heard all the talks about the training camp. The build is there. And now it's going to be a matter of, OK, let's see how they can follow up that season. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be a, a great time to get to UTSA team and had an outstanding season. Like you said, led by Franco Harris, a super senior quarterback, has a ton of experience. And he's a dual threat guy. And so it's going to be challenges for that defense. They're they going to have their work cut out for them in this first game. But I'm excited to see how they step up from the challenge. I'm excited to see Tink Dell as well. We didn't really talk offense, yeah. but Kerb Herbstreak um, and his little Herbie Awards mentioned Tank as the most exciting player in college football. And I can see why, because the kid is electric, man. That highlighted against Cincinnati was one of the best plays I've seen, similar to like a Tavon Austin type play as far as the way he he was just juking and just um, getting his way downfield. And so got to give a shout out to Tank. But I'm excited, man. I can't wait uh, to this first game. For sure. And uh, before we segue into the UH women's basketball team, a couple of interesting points. First, Dana, so on, on Friday we're recording this, the University of Houston football team, they're holding their annual 
um, cage rage where uh, essentially they try to, to draw in all the students on campus and try to get a, a rally for the upcoming football season. Um, and this is courtesy of James Mueller from the Daily Cougar. Be sure to give him a follow on, on Twitter at, at JDM2186, uh, who's actually at the cage rage covering on it. And a couple of tidbits from Dana Holgerson that, that James reported and First, it comes with a UH alumni, Marcus Jones, that Hoverson said that Jones is going to be the starting kickoff returner for the New England Patriots um, in the 2022 football season for for the Patriots. So that's going to be pretty big uh, for Jones. And obviously, of course, something that we've touched on, the talent that he was able to display at Houston. It looks like he's been able to do it at the next level with the Patriots. So that's going to be exciting to see. Obviously, of course, NFL season right around the corner as well. And the other tidbit, especially when it comes pertaining to Houston in 2022, he said that Matthew Golden is likely going to be the kick returner for Houston in 2022. Obviously, of course, that's going to be one of the voids that Marcus Jones left um, during now that he's moved on to the next level. We mentioned it a couple of episodes before where Tank Dell kind of said that he was going to be the punt returner. So there were questions about who would be the kick returner. It seems like Matthew Golden is the one that, that won that spot. Uh, you want to say anything or just like, uh, we good? All right. <laughs> Three, two, one. And on that note, we'll transition over to our next, our final segment where we'll talk about the UH women's basketball team. We'll talk about what head coach Ron Hughie had to say about players that have stood out during off season workouts, as well as the non-conference schedule. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to pod slam and jam. Here in our last segment on Pod Slamma Jamma, Dayani here, of course. But now we're going to talk women's basketball. Their non-conference schedule was released. And coach, head coach Ronald Huey had some media availability. He talked about his core group returning and also their season goals. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. You know, that core is going to be tremendous for us. And I can throw Cam Jones in there as well. Um, you know, the one thing about them is – they're invested in the program. You know, that's the thing about a lot of people through this transfer portal lose their best kids, whether they are the first, you know, their best kid off the bench or their second kid or their third kid, you know, that kind of stuff. We don't lose players. We don't lose players because they come here, they know they can be who they are, they can have opportunity to get a tremendous degree, and they can play a style of play that they want to feel that's fun, win, and be happy. Um, but that, that nucleus of players, you get a little bit of everything. You get toughness, you get some discipline, you get some motivation, you get leadership, you get passion, you get energy. Um, and that group, when you start talking about, you know, Layla Blair from the beginning, a kid who's put in so much work each and every year to get better, get better. I don't know who they can even pick in the American this year over her as preseason conference player of the year. I have no idea. Um, South Florida might have somebody, but they had all the kids transfer out. But again, I don't know. Um, I don't think Tulane has anybody because they had graduated seven kids last year. Um, I really can't even think. She should be preseason player of the year, that pick. Brittany Onijay should be preseason defensive player of the year. Again, nobody else can do what Brittany does. You know, again, they, they picked a few people last year and, you know, Jose and I think a lot of people had a lot of fifth year kids that were right there along with Brittany. But again, at the end of the day, I think she should be able to to garner that 
that accomplishment without anybody or any help. And her play always answers any kind of questions that you have about her. And then Tatiana Hill, you know, one of the best post players in our conference, just need to make sure she take care of her business at the free throw line, but she can easily average a double-double every game. You know, that's one of the things that we worked on all summer with her is getting to this free throw line and making sure that she just make these free throws. Uh, again, if she get above 50, 60, 70%, she's a double-double every single game. So, again, another player that's first team, second team, all conference. Tierra Young, a kid that can do it all, shoot the ball, get to the rim, being able to be a facilitator, um, tremendous player, tremendous athlete. Uh, again, another kid that has an opportunity to be uh, preseason, whatever. Because, again, at the end of the day, uh, I think we have a team like no other. When you're talking about our nucleus of core kids, but, you know, for us, the way we play, it's going to take a little bit more than them um, just because we're going to play eight, nine, ten players. And I think once we establish our roles and who we are, we're going to be a, a really, really hard team to 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 contend with because at the end of the day, you know, our young ladies understand that the toughest team win and we have the best talent putting it on the floor and we'll put them up against everybody in conference. So Ron Keeley giving uh, strong expectations for his team and, and down when I was listening to the clip, uh, a couple things first, um, it seemed like Ron Keeley was reiterating a lot of stuff that you said um, throughout previous episodes, just in terms of um, first looking across the conference. And obviously, of course, when it comes to the players that the University of Houston is retaining for the upcoming season, I think kind of the, the main headliner grab there, uh, well, a couple of things, but one, um, he said that Layla Blair, he doesn't see anyone else across the American Athletic Conference that should be named preseason player, uh, preseason American Athletic Conference Player of the Year. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think he's right on. I think if you put Layla and Elena Shineke, who plays at South Florida senior guard, who's been putting up numbers the last couple of years. And so I think players, I think Layla should edge it out. I mean, I agree with them wholeheartedly. Layla, the two years that she had, and now into a season as a junior, um, a known starter, confidence up, her leadership is taking it to another level. I think he's spot on right there, uh, as Layla. And there's some more things that out to me about his core. I think the core players that they have returning is very, very strong. And like you said, they're very, very much in the team. I mean, you look at this core, their first year really playing together, that was first four out. Last year, they had a down season to their standards. And then you look at now this upcoming season, he's pretty much returning 90% of his um, rebound scoring and assists and pretty much the, the starting five in which he carried the team in the first tournament as well as the NIT tournament in which a player who we've mentioned, Tiara Young, I think she's going to take a, a next step. I don't know if she'll be in the pre preseason um, all-conference team, but by the limit, say she'll make the first team pre and label, but I think both of those two guards will be first team pre all um, conference by the time the season ends. I think um, now she knows her role. Often at times she was coming off the bench, she would start. And I think fully, fully knowing that she's a starter, going to be counted on. I expect for her to spread her wings and really, really soar and have a good um, year. And like also he mentioned, Tatiana, she makes her free throw. She's easily a double double. And so those core players, along with 
Brittany Onyeje, who was just likes also their best shooter as well. But what she brings on the defensive end, um, like he said, I expect her to be the preseason defensive player of the year as well. And so, I mean, he, he's right spot on. Essence, from what I've seen, calling all of their home games along with my partner Matt Peterson last year and covering them over the last three or four years. I mean, I said it before, and like Coach Sampson even said it, when your best players are your best leaders and you have a player-led team, it's a recipe for success. A couple of things. First, going back to, to Layla Blair, and I guess this might be a theme of this podcast episode, but just in terms of uh, leadership again, uh, Ron Huey touched on when, when it came to Layla Blair, that's one of the the aspects that he's really seen um, her grow during the offseason, uh, and, and Ron Huey kind of touched on where uh, really when, when, especially a younger player, when they get talked about leadership, you know, uh, kind of the, the things that come to mind is, oh, I have to be uh, more vocal. Yes. But um, oftentimes what Ron Huey said, it, it it goes more beyond that. And what he said, it was, it goes beyond just the rah-rah where really you need to be able to kind of rally your teammates and being able to get them to not only buy into to what the team's goals are, but being able to buy in that it's something that they can be done together. That's one of the things that uh, Ron Huey really touched on and where he's, where Huey has seen uh, Blair grow. And obviously, of course, that's another key component. Like you mentioned, we know what Layla Blair can do on the court, especially when it comes to her offensive skill set. She's um, a phenomenal player that honestly, she could go up toe to toe with the best in the country when it comes to um, what she can do on the court. But obviously, of course, when it comes to the other aspects, whether it be leadership and, and one of the areas that she, she, said that she's looking to to grow on for this upcoming season is both um obviously from a leadership standpoint but even on the court being able to be more of a playmaker uh, more than just necessarily a score um which will be interesting it'll be exciting to see how she um how she kind of rises her game into the 2022-23 season obviously of course the other thing to touch on where you mentioned it when in, in regards to Brittany Onyeje and uh, Ron Huey again high praise for her he said um there's probably not another player he would pick uh, across the American Athletic Conference to be uh, the preseason defensive player of the year. Um, so when, when you hear Huey say that, I guess we'll, we'll kind of throw this question out there. But uh, do you I, – I, I, you've heard your stance just in terms of what USF is, is losing um, with all the players that transferred out and obviously, of course, with their head coach. Um, do you think Houston should be favored in the American Athletic Conference? Um, I believe you said that, that you expect them to, to be favorites for this conference. I do expect them. I think it would be close votes between them and South Florida. Like I said, I think UCF will um, won't get as many votes with the, the transition. But I expect them to be picked, mainly first with the court that they have coming back because South Florida is losing um, Betty Mananga and also um, two other players, Harvey. Well, not Harvey. There are the post player names. Excuse my mind at the moment, but I expect them to, to be, um, before we're going to get into our next clip, talk about Layla's leadership. Since she came in as a freshman, Coach Shuley would tell um, my partner, Matt Peterson, that the team will have to get up um, like 1,500, 2,000 shots, and she will always come in before and get an extra 1,000 shots. The work ethic has been there. Now that she's produced, it kind of organically found herself in that leadership. She already has the work ethic. Now it's about becoming vocal and being comfortable in that role like Donovan Newton talked about. I think with the experience that she had, becoming more a cheer basketball player, not 
going onto the floor, like you mentioned, being just a scorer, she can do an even better job of that because your jumper isn't always going to fall. But now the ability that she has, the story that she has, she can affect the game and make the game easier for her others with the tension she's going to bring with creating and making plays for others. So I think um, she's going to become smarter, get those turnovers down, assist up, and just affect the game outside of um, making shots in which we know that she can get buckets. Like you mentioned, we have one final clip for this episode, and that's Ron Huey talking about the upcoming goals that they have for the season. You know, we always talk about championships, just like everybody in the country always talk about championships. But the one thing that's different that our kids talked about this summer was we're not going to talk about championships. We're going to talk about the work that required to win championships. And I thought that was huge for them. Um, so, again, when you talk about championships and NCAA, it's not only just getting to the NCAAs, and that's the thing I was trying to get them to understand. It's what you're going to do when you get there. A lot of teams are just happy to get there, and they lose in the first round. You know, we want to make some noise when we get there, just like our men always do. So, again, at the end of the day, that's it, especially this being this, this last year in the AAC and uh, moving into the Big 12. We want to be able to make a huge statement and give them a great exit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's championship for us. It's NCAA tournament. It's um, a schedule like this to be able to prepare us when you got seven out of 13 teams that had NCAA or WNIT on their resume. And then other teams that are much improved through this transfer portal um, that can give you a great, great challenge. I mean, like the, the Rice team, you know, they didn't win a lot last year. But, I mean, they have some really, really cool kids that a few of them that we looked at, that's, they're going to have a really good team. And it's going to be a, a challenging game when we play them. But it's always championship and get to that NCAA tournament for us. And um, I'm glad our kids have finally switched that mindset of, you know, not talking about championships, but talking about what it takes to get there and continue to be there each and every year. So really, um, a couple of accolades that, that the UH women's basketball team are, are gunning for, and I think the big one right there you have to go with is the NCAA tournament, something that they haven't been able to, to get accomplished under uh, Ron Huey. Do you think that, that, that there should be added pressure on this team, or is it uh, much more they, they have the capability, it's much more being able to essentially – being able to get that potential, it's kind of on uh, the players to be able to do the talent. Do you feel that this team is talented enough to be able to accomplish that goal? Um, or is it, I hate to say it like, but just coach speak in terms of all oh, every year, um, what Ron Huey said, every team's trying to be like, oh, we, we have that as a big goal. Or is this a team that, that's an NCAA tournament team? Um, or a couple of seasons ago, they were literally the last team out um, from just missing the NCAA tournament. This team is better than that team that was just four out that they're going to have this upcoming season. So I don't think it's just coach talk. I think he wholeheartedly feels that he sees the shift in the program, in the players, in the belief, in that work ethic, similar to the football and how they believe. And not only is he not going to be content with making the tournament that he's talking about advancing in the tournament. And so you got to speak these things into existence. It's been brewing over the last couple of years. He's got the right players in. He's got the, the right collection of talent along with um, a really good coaching staff. And so uh, 
I, I back him 100%. I think this team is good enough to make it to the tournament, win the conference, win the conference tournament, and get into the NCAA tournament in advance. I'm not going to go out and say how far they advance, but I think they have the core and the talent to advance, and I think they will do so. I will go out and say I expect them at least to win one game. I will say they will advance in the tournament this year, and I, and I expect that because the, you, the talent that they have – it is is really good talent, and um, from what I've seen, it's the best collection of talent together and chemistry that they have, and a sense of togetherness that they haven't had. They have individual talent, but as a team, as a collective unit, I think this is a really strong unit that believes in one another. They believe in Coach Huey, and they believe in themselves as a team. For sure, and he even. Uh... The, what they were able to do this past season where um, you, we touched on at the beginning of the segment where it, it was a down year, especially when it comes to uh, non-conference uh, where it was a, an up and down season, um, especially when in regards to losing streak. But even you think about the turnaround that they were able to do at the end of the season, they made a run once again in the American athletic conference, a tournament. And once they got into the WNIT, they won a couple of games and they were able to get into the sweet 16 of that tournament. So uh, I tend to agree with you where, um, the ingredients are there to be able to to turn the season around and or not the season around, but being able to turn the program around and being able to accomplish something that it's eluded them for over a decade now. So it'll be interesting to see if this team can be able to put that together and, and accomplish the big goal, um, which obviously, of course, it starts with uh, the American Athletic Conference. And this is going to be the final year um, in this conference. And once they jump into the Big 12, obviously, they'll be looking. Um, it'll feel really good if they can get into the Big 12, being able to get that off the bucket list when it comes to being able to win the American Athletic Conference. So exciting things all around. And one other thing I did want to add, um, what Ron Huey said, like uh, you touched on that they're not just content with making the tournament. Oh, we made the NCAA tournament. Like Huey said, they want to make a run. And it reminded me of what Clayton Toon said when, when the men's basketball team made their final four run and it kind of put a little bit of pressure on them where, okay, they're holding there and they're, they're putting the university, uh, creating a high standard. So it's kind of interesting where it's kind of trickled down with a lot of the programs where, okay, they're doing this. We kind of want to be able to, to match that level of success. Um, so that's something that caught my eye. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. So they on uh, actually before I toss it over to you for the final word, be sure to wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it be on YouTube, if you are watching on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe and like it takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a rating, give us a like. And uh, as always, I'm going to toss it over to you, Dayon, for the final word. Any Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, another episode, another books. Our last episode before constant sports, football. Then after that, you got basketball, nonstop sports. But you can't leave an episode without saying, go Cougs. <laughs>